Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom on a Thursday. Per usual, uh, we're going to talk a couple big additions for the Michigan Athletic Department. Michigan football, Michigan basketball, both making big uh, additions in the transfer portal this week. We will also talk later on about the potential best case, worst case for Michigan football this fall. But before we get into it, make sure to like this video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel uh, as we continue to add people there. And head to thewolverine.com. Premium access, access to our message board. $1 right now for three months or $49.99 for the entire year. So that annual deal is 50% off. And then $1 for three months is, I think, 90 percent off or more uh so go and join right now we are brought to you by my perfect franchise are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the american dream looking for a side hustle while working your current job wanting to diversify build wealth and or leave a legacy well andy can help andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner himself and helps people find franchises to fit their skill sets financial requirements time to commit and more his services are 100% free, and he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. So Andy Ludicky, hit him up. www.myperfectfranchise.net is the website, and the people on YouTube can see the site pulled up there on the screen. Um, on the phone at 404-973-9901. Email him, andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Also on the website, you can book a time with him on his calendar. So thank you to... My Perfect Franchise for being our sponsor today. We're also brought to you by our very own Michigan Football Preview Magazine. 160 pages, glossy pages of information, analysis, exclusive interviews, all of that being worked on right now. We have a flash sale going on. If you pre-order using we will the code flash you. What's that? We will flash you. We will flash you if you take part in this sale. Uh Go we're to trying, we're trying to move product here. We're not trying to get put on some kind of government watch list. <laughs> That's right. All right. Sorry. Uh, go to the Wolverine on demand.com. Use the promo code save 13 S A V E one three to save $13. Uh, it's also in our articles at the bottom. It is also on our Twitter page as well. The Wolverine on three. So plenty of ways to find that deal, but 160 pages of, goodness they're heading into the Michigan football season uh, and we will stick with Michigan football as we start out here on today's show talking about Josh Wallace from UMass former uh, standout cornerback there three-time team captain he's played over 2,000 defensive snaps over 39 games in four seasons for the Minutemen Don Brown his head coach last season uh, of course tough season for UMass, it's been a tough few seasons for them, but Josh Wallace, one of their better players, uh, he was the number 54 cornerback in the transfer portal, number 12 overall in the top-ranked corner among guys who were uncommitted coming into uh, his commitment there. And this is just more depth, potentially a starter, uh, to add opposite 
uh, of Will Johnson. And one stat that stuck out, you know, stood out to me about Josh Wallace when we talk about what he does well and talking to two different analysts that have watched him play and watched his film is that he's a ball hawk. And uh, on three, Clark Brooks is, is our analyst there who breaks down the transfer portal. And they have this stat called ball hawk rate. Um, amount of pass breakups per targets down the field. He was tied for the best ball hawk rate in the country uh, among transfers this offseason with Fentrell Cypress II, who Michigan was in on earlier on in the, in the process. He ends up going to Florida State from Virginia. But uh, I think that's significant. Level of play is going to be a step up, but uh, a nice addition for Michigan uh, out of the transfer portal. Yeah, I like it. You know what? People can say he was a plan D or whatever they want to, and and that might be the case. But uh, guys have got to be – you know what? Guys have got to be on their game to play in that defense, that Don Brown defense, those corners do. Um, so you know that he's gotten a lot of balls thrown at him. He's going to be on an island. I doubt that he is lacking for confidence because of it. So – and they liked what they saw on film. So I know Clay talked to some guys at UMass who who said that uh, the kid, kid is a player. So – uh, extremely smart and seems like another great fit. That's the, what I love about these portal additions is that these guys are all cultural fits and they are not revamping the roster. They are just adding to the roster and complementing what they have and giving guys opportunities to compete. And, and basically, you know what, there are no, there are no freebies here at Michigan. And that's what all these guys on the team understand, you know, they aren't, well, if this guy comes in the portal then I'm leaving you know, kind of like a Frankie Collins type of thing on the basketball side. They understand that competition matters, and that's what's going to make them better. So I like the addition. We'll see how good he is. But uh, he had some big-time offers, so it's clear that this wasn't any kind of a reach. He's going to have an opportunity to come in here and play. It's huge for them because, you know, you're already facing a situation where you have questions about your number two cornerback job. You have – I mean – like it or not, there are going to be some health questions with Will Johnson because he's coming off off-season knee surgery. So Will Johnson or not, the guys behind Johnson only had about 44 snaps, I think it was, of experience behind, you know, just playing games. So um, I believe that Wallace has played about 2,300 college snaps. Like, I, there's so many numbers bouncing around my head. We're doing working on this football preview. But, uh, you know, he, he's played a lot of football, played in 39 games. I think at the very least is just a body that you've added to the room to, you know, kind of augment the competition. You know, Jaden McBurrows, um, Maureen Walker, obviously is still someone they hold in high regard, uh, though I think that's probably going to be a little more of a long-term project. But, you know, at worst, it's a good depth piece. And at best, you have your number two cornerback, which is huge. And I think the ball hawk thing is important here because, you know, what's something we've been talking about the last few off or the last few seasons with this Michigan defense is that, they don't they do a good job kind of suffocating you, but they don't force enough turnovers, namely on the back end. And if you have a guy back there that has a knack for, you know, um, you know, getting in there and, and breaking up passes or or knocking a ball out loose, you know, in the run game, that's just that's just another weapon in your arsenal for a defense we already expect to be pretty good. So uh, there are zero downsides to adding Wallace. It, it, all it does is help your team. You know, he's a two time captain. Pretty much all these guys that they've brought in, that's nine transfers now, are going to factor in on the two deep depth chart. It's just, it felt like even dating back to January that this is probably a position group they needed to add someone to. And now that they have, you look up and down this roster, and you know there are position groups that have more questions than others. But I don't know if there's one where I could truly say is there's a true deficiency or weakness, which is huge for them. 
Yeah, this has been the biggest need ever since DJ Turner and Jamon Green decided to go to the NFL. And it was the last need that Michigan filled, but uh, better late than never. Um, and, and yeah, the ball hawk thing, 24 pass breakups. He only has three picks, but 24 pass breaks up, breakups in his career, uh, pretty significant there. And then CB, you mentioned the culture fit too. And I talked about him being a former team captain three times over, which is huge. I mean, when you're a captain as a sophomore too on your team, but by my count, that's five now of the nine guys that Michigan has brought in through the transfer portal were team captains elsewhere. Drake Nugent, A.J. Barner, Jack Tuttle, Josh Wallace, and Ladarius Henderson. It's pretty ridiculous. I mean, how many team captains are there in, in college football? 400, 500? I mean, yeah, it matters. So, it absolutely matters, it Clay. Yeah. Yeah, and so I love that about him. Um, yeah, he's got a swag to him, man, which is what you need at that position, too. So everything about him I like. So uh, I think this is probably it for the portal. You know, what if somebody pops up, you know, at, the, at a position of need, say an elite wide receiver decided he wanted to come, I think they'd take a look at it. But, sure. uh, yeah, I think uh, overall, I think that uh, this is going to be it. And uh, I like the team going into 2023, guys. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that it's if somebody pops up, like in August, even during training camp, like we saw last year with the Abioki, you take him. But it looks like right now you're sitting at 101 guys who are either projected to be on quote-unquote scholarship or have been in the past. Uh, I think you're you're pretty good there, and somehow they're going to make those numbers work, obviously, as we've talked about in the past. Um, gun to your guys' head on September 2nd against East Carolina. Who's starting at corner? across the field from Will Johnson and maybe next to Mike Sainer still, who will obviously be the nickel. Yeah. Great question. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Jaden McBurrows uh, with the, in the upset. I, re- I think, you know, I think he had a good spring. I think eventually Jair Hill is going to be the guy, you know, from what I've seen and heard about him, uh, I think by the end of the year, you know, and I'm not writing off a Morian Walker, uh, but it's clear that he was much more raw than even the true freshman early enrollee. Uh, in, in Jair Hill, and it's probably because he's been playing the position longer. Hill, you know, that's been his position, and, and uh, that's what he does. So uh, I'm going to go with somebody like McBurrows, and, you know, hopefully Will Johnson is healthy enough for the opener. You know, there have been some questions there. He said maybe I'll play a little sparingly in the first couple games or something like that, but uh, they'll be able to get away with it either way. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, put that out there and say maybe McBurrows is the guy. Assuming good health, I would also go with McBurrows. I think he's a guy that they've been uh, – he's kind of been ch- – everyone's kind of been chomping at the bit to see what he can do because every time we talk to – you know, it seems like these wide receivers in the offseason or, or spring ball, whatever it is, we always ask, you know, who's the who's the guy that gives you the most problems, you know, at the line of scrimmage? And oftentimes those guys will say McBurrows. So I feel like if he stays healthy, um, I like him there. Uh, again, Joshua, all Josh Wallace does is is raise everyone's level. So if it's Josh Wallace, great. Uh, you know what you have there. But like I said, I think that Jaden McBurrows, assuming good health, um, I'm actually surprised it wasn't more hyped in spring ball about that number two job. A lot of a lot of the most of the discussion revolved around Amori and Walker being a unicorn. And I think some of that might have been, I won't say manipulative, but they're trying to get him in a certain direction. Uh, where he might make the biggest impact, but I'll go with McBurrows in that opener. Yeah, I would so, use another. I would use another M word, motivational. Mm. Yeah, those two things, and some of it, I'll blame the media. You know, we ask more about a Morian Walker. He's a guy who made a position switch. He's a guy that was called a unicorn, so I guess that's on them. 
Um, you know, so there was there was quite a bit of hype there early on in the spring. I'm gonna go with Josh Wallace to start the first game, but I agree with you, CB. But whether it's this year or his sophomore year, I, I really like Jair Hill, uh, but I like Jaden McBurrows as well. And I think a Morian Walker could come around. Jim Harbaugh before they got Wallace predicted once again and I don't want to say doubled down, but, you know, did reaffirm what he thinks uh, about Amorian Walker, predicted that he will be the starter opposite of Will Johnson. So there are options there. Not a ton of experience, but Josh Wallace adds that now to this room. Um, and we'll see how he kind of acclimates. And I would assume he joins the team very soon here and then is rolling in fall camp. Uh, anything else before we move over to basketball? We will talk a little bit more football at the end, as we mentioned. But uh, should we get into Olivier Kamwa? Let's go to Kamwa, man. Uh, boy, coming out of nowhere, huh? Coming back from the dead, yeah. as you like to, as you like to put your little gift there. It's the like the Undertaker, man. Jawan Howard, Photoshop his face on there. He gets out of the casket. Um, incredible. So plenty of twists and turns in this one, as we've talked about for six weeks. You know, Michigan was the leader here. Then he goes through the NBA draft process, as he was intending on doing. Goes to the G League Elite Camp, does not earn a co uh, combine invite, NBA combine, pulls out of the draft on May 31. And okay, now there seems to be a recruitment. He starts to set visits. Michigan's one of them. Baylor, West Virginia, Kansas State, right in that mix. Um, then on Monday, there are reports okay, Michigan's out of it here. This is going to be West Virginia and Baylor. Less than 24 hours later, Michigan is back in it and appeared to be the leader. And then 12 hours after that, he ends up a Michigan Wolverine. And I, I don't think it's any coincidence that they signed him and announced him immediately <laughs> after that as well. So uh, good on Tom Weirot, the uh, the communications guy over there for getting that one done with the press release. But man, and, and it just tells you is we talked about this on Monday because things didn't look good when we were on our live show at 6 p.m. when the news had just dropped. But it's never over until it's over, until a guy is signed. So this one is over now. But Olivier Kama, six foot nine, two hundred and thirty-six pound forward out of Tennessee, averaged nearly eleven points, five rebounds, two assists per game last season, shot fifty-five percent from inside the arc, thirty-three point three percent on fifty-four three-point attempts. And my favorite thing, seventy point eight percent at the rim. Uh, fellas, a big addition for Jawan Howard and company. It was six, seven weeks in the making. Didn't look good at one point, but uh, Olivier Kamwa is a Michigan Wolverine. Yeah. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't think it's any coincidence that they had every other ducks in a row uh, to announce this right away. Let's put it that way. I think they expected it initially. And then, you know what, 
things come up and you've got different guys in your camp that want different things. I think Andrew Slater, uh, one of the analysts out there, put it out there. He wanted Michigan. Somebody else maybe was more interested in NIL. Maybe somebody else was closer to another coach. Uh, and you know what? The kid won out. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And so, uh, And I do believe he will get some NIL opportunities. Do I think Michigan threw a huge bag at him to land him? No, I do not. I do think that there is still some work to do there. And they still aren't going to be doing the pay-for-play thing where they're going to get into bidding wars. But if you can provide opportunities, as we're seeing in football, then you're going to have an opportunity, especially if you win. That's what's really kind of keeping Michigan afloat. Uh, you've still got two, just a too few guys carrying the water for NIL at Michigan right now in basketball. It needs more help, flat out. So, however, this is a huge get. And if you get one more guy, you know, I know there's been a lot of buzz about Antonio Reeves from Kentucky. And, uh, you know, I don't think the smoke there, um, I, yeah, there's some smoke, but uh, I still think that one's very fluid. Uh, but Michigan's in the mix there. Uh, if it comes down to NIL, I don't think Michigan wins that battle. But these guys want to play too, right? Uh, if Kamwa were to have gone to West Virginia or Baylor, they've got more depth there than they do at Michigan. He understands that he's going to get some minutes. And we shouldn't say – we should say right now, this kid's not the world beater. He's not going to go out there and score 20 points a game and get you 10 rebounds. But he is a great piece. He understands the game, as Jawan Howard said in the release. Much better passer than given credit for. And more importantly, man, there was a void there last year, and I think he's going to be the guy to fill it. So huge get for Michigan basketball as they try to get back to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, really that void at the four has been there for the last two years. I mean, they didn't get what they thought they should have out of Brandon Johns last year. Obviously the issues with with Terrence Williams and, and Will Cheddar last year. But yeah, this is a big deal for them. And really quick, quick, quick tangent on this whole situation. Uh, I believe that I think that Kamwa is already 23. I think he'll be 24 at some point next season. He's an adult. Like, why is anyone else influencing this decision? And you have, again, you're still a young man. Uh, you know, I, again, I'm not a star athlete, but you you seek the input of those with life experience and, and adults and, and people in your life will steer you or, you know, counsel you in a certain direction. But, you know, when you see the stuff about, oh, well, factor a was this factor b was this and you know this was pulling him in one direction this is pulling him in another stop like let let him make the decision uh it ultimately is his future uh and what he chooses to invest in but yeah you look at what he brings to the table i mean they we were in a dark place earlier this week when you're sitting here thinking that there's no way this guy's coming now i mean michigan's been eliminated from consideration and you know whatever happened at the 11th hour they swoop back in and all of a sudden you have a guy that, uh, you know, the factors that needed to be important and leaned on ultimately were. And now you have a guy that's going to start the four can probably play a little bit of backup five for you, which I don't know if that's, you know, I think you still need to maybe address that through the portal, but um, you know, yeah, I, I think that we know that Juwan likes to run the offense through his big guys. Uh, I think that, uh, Kamwa is, I, I know I watched him put up 27 points against Duke. I think to expect him to do that night in and night out would be you know, pretty lofty, but <laughs> I think this is a guy that, you know, all of a sudden you look at what this starting five could look like and, and I'm just spitballing here, but you know, I think you could do a lot worse than a starting five that has Doug McDaniel, Namari Burnett, Kamwa, Terrace Reed, and we'll see who emerges at the three. Um, maybe there's still, Maybe there's another guard you go out there and get and Burnett plays the three or, you know, Yusef Hayat steps up and you still have Trey Jackson and Terrence Williams and you have some options, but 
Um, you know, again, we'll see if this ultimately moves the needle in a big way for them to get back to where we think they should be in the NCAA tournament. But I think at the very least, we talk about how, you know, how Josh Wallace's addition raised the floor of the cornerback room in Michigan. I think that having Kamwa, a guy that's, you know, proven to been, be, you know, a, an asset at the college level, um, you know, it just raises, you know, I, you don't want to be one of those Wednesday night teams in the big 10 tournament. Right. I think that's kind of the line here. So uh, we'll see. There's still some work to do a couple spots up for grabs here, but they had to have him and, and thank goodness they got him because I don't know where they would have gone if they didn't. Yeah. And the biggest thing too, with comma talking to Grant Ramey, who covers Tennessee for VolQuest is one, he's going to add, I think he is 23 years old and I'm happy for him that, his wishes won out here that he wanted to come play for Juwan Howard, play for Michigan, get developed and eventually become a pro. Um, but he adds, uh, he's a great culture fit too. We talked about it on the football side with Josh Wallace, but watch an interview of Olivier Kamwa, just how mature thoughtful he is. Um, so I think that's going to be a fantastic fit. And we've talked about culture the last two years being an issue with these Michigan basketball teams, or maybe chemistry would be a better way to put it. I think Olivier Kamwa is going to help, in that department. Now, one thing on the floor is he is a very inconsistent player. We all saw what he did against Duke, and then he completely disappeared in the Sweet 16 against FAU. Uh, I forget how many minutes he played, but you know, essentially wasn't even a factor in that game. Last year, he had 17 double-digit scoring efforts. Uh, he had five games of 20-plus points, including that Duke game. He also had eight games with six or fewer points, plenty in the single digits there. Uh, and then he basically just kind of falls out of out of the rotation in, in a game. And then you come back the next game, see what he can give you. Um, but it, he's going to get better, you know. And I think with, uh, you know, a different lineup around him, you know, could be potentially better this season and more consistent. And Jawan Howard will work with him. And I think that's something that he's really excited about. Uh, and then I was thinking about this because we had a question on the message board over at the Wolverine.com is – when was last time Michigan had a four man like this? Because John Beeline approached it a different way. I mean, you look back at some of their fours, it was Zach Irvin, Duncan Robinson. Now there was the DJ Wilson year in there when he started alongside Mo Wagner in 2017. Lately, you've had some bigger options like a Musa Diabate, but then you've also had, you know, he couldn't shoot. Um, you know, it, so this is a guy. Isaiah, that Isaiah Livers. Yeah, but this is more of a post-up guy to me than, you know, right. Livers wasn't going to live in the post. Right. I would, I, I think the last time they've had a guy like this is DJ Wilson. Now, DJ might have been better um, and a better shooter, but the athleticism here I think is big. What, what are your guys' thoughts on kind of where their approach is now at this four spot? Yeah, I think it's better than Diabate and Hunter Dickinson out there at the same time together when it got clunky, right? Because I think he's multifaceted. I think Kamwa can step out. Uh, and I think he can play inside. Uh, obviously, he scored, like you said, 70.8%, I think, around the rim uh, is absolutely huge, you know. So um, that's what I love about it. Um, and again, you know, you've got another option. I, I think Terrence Williams is going to bounce back and have a solid year. I really do. I think as a backup, you know, he's not the guy that you want to be your starter, but I think he's much better than he's shown. And we've seen it from him. Last year was a, a complete disaster for him, obviously, and he lost some of his confidence. But um, so, and then don't forget about Trey Jackson as well, you know, so now they've got bodies and they've got guys that are going to compete. So it'll be interesting to see how it meshes. I can't imagine 
it's not going to be better than last year, right? There were some issues there, some chemistry issues, and you saw it on the floor and the body language. You know, if a guy didn't box out, you know, you had guys throwing their hands up, you had guys pointing at other guys and things like that. So I don't anticipate that's going to be an issue this year. So, um, and let's, when you look at that, again, when you look at that depth chart, guys, or that scholarship chart, there are a lot of guys in there that were top 100 guys. Okay. Uh, there's talent on this team. You know, Namari Burnett has not yet, has yet to reach. His, his peak, and he's been injured, obviously, but I think he's better than he's shown, and he's a good defender. I think it's going to be a better defensive team. I think you've got guys that are willing to buy in much more than some guys last year who didn't give a damn about defense. It was about getting their shots, you know, and and whatever. So uh, Yusuf Hayat, I can't wait to see, you know, if he's improved. Uh, you know, I talking to Phil Martelli, Michigan's associate head coach, this year about him. He said he's got more to give. He says he wouldn't call him, a, you know, a um, – a consistent shooter. He said he's a little streaky at times, but he said the kid wants it so badly. And I see a roster full of those guys. And to me, those are the kinds of teams that can overachieve. Yeah. As far as the approach goes, you look at just, I feel like they're, there's more skill in that forward rotation now. Um, you know, at center, obviously we talk about how they need a backup five still, but you know, now it feels like you have guys that you kind of mix and you can mix and match a little bit. Um, and I guess to a certain extent you can do that with Terrence Williams and Will Cheddar, but uh, let's, let's be honest here. I mean, neither of them really had anything that you can really hang your hat on as, okay, if this is what he brings to the table. I mean, Kamwa, it's, you know, you've got, it's an inconsistent skill set, but there is some offensive skills there. I like the length that Trey Jackson has. I like, uh, you know, at the five, I like that Terrace Reed uh, moves well for a player that size. You know, all of a sudden to me, it just kind of, what was a big question when Hunter Dickinson left now kind of moves, you know, to the, you know, the other side of the lineup where, okay, are you going to have enough from the guard spots? Are you going to have enough on the wing? Um, I don't know that yet. And like Chris said, you know, there's a lot of talent, you know, a lot of talent here still. Uh, Now that 2021 class was kind of supposed to be the one that took this thing to the next level, but uh, that wasn't the case. And all of a sudden, you know, you have Musa Diabate, Caleb Houston are gone. Frankie Collins transfers out. Kobe Bufkin's off to the NBA now. So there's not, uh, you know, Isaiah Barnes is gone. So really uh, you're, you're looking at Will Cheddar to kind of emerge from that and be, if nothing else, just be a good bench, you know, piece off the bench. But, you know, from there, again, I, I just, the pieces on the roster in general, I just, I, I like, I, I've said it from the start. I don't know that there's a certain archetype of guy that they needed to hone in on. I think they just needed to find, a couple good basketball players and increase the competition. And, you know, maybe some new blood changes the chemistry a bit. And, you know, so far you look at um, Namari Burnett and Olivier Kamwa. I think that those are two guys that you know, are going to kind of be adults in the room too. Um, I know Burnett hasn't played a ton of basketball because of injuries and he's moved around a little bit, but you finally have some adults in the room that you would hope will be some of your leaders next year. So that's just kind of my overview on where it is in general. Yeah, and when you look at this roster, which isn't necessarily complete, it could be at this point too with Kamwa, is you're you know, most of his touches are gonna come in the post, but as Chris you mentioned and Jawan pointed out too, his passing is really intriguing to me. He had a really high assist rate last year, averaged two assists per game. So it's not gonna get stuck in there. And when Terrace Reed, you know, he needs to come along quite a bit offensively, when that's the case there, I mean, I think you do have a veteran presence now in the front court. You have Trey Jackson, you have Namari Burnett. Um, 
now I'm going to do another gun to your head question. If this is the 11 that Michigan rolls out with this coming winter, what's your starting lineup at this point projected in June? Yeah. Well, I think uh, Kamal Reed and then uh, McDaniel Burnett and then the three, man, that's a toughie. You know, do you, do you play uh, Burnett at the three? Does George Washington come out of nowhere as your two and, and light it up? I don't think so. You know, so um, that's what I don't know. Uh, you know, that's that's to me, which is why uh, they're still going after a guy like Antonio Reeves. Right. They need one more guard there. And if they can get somebody like that, then you're looking at a team that, that could buy for the tournament. So uh, and it sounds like, you know, he's an option again. You know, it depends on what he's looking for. Is he going to be a guy like Kamwa, you know, um, who doesn't necessarily need to go to the highest bidder? Is he going to be? a guy who like Burnett, who was looking for the right fit and um, you know what found it. So he's going to get his NIO opportunities too. just, you know what, it's just not going to be a bag thrown at him. So um, those four and one other, how's that? Is that a cop out? <laughs> we got a starting four. <laughs> we got a starting four. So. Considering they've been playing four on five the last few years anyways. Right. Exactly. Power forward, I think it works. No, maybe, um, US, maybe Yusef steps up, right? We'll see. Yeah. I mean, right now I would say, I think McDaniel, Kamwa, Reed are locks. Um, I think Namari Burnett is probably close to a lock at this point, depending on who else they bring in. But it's a matter of, you know, do you, Jalen Llewellyn's back. Do you start him and play him off the ball? And then Burnett's playing ready? three. Or did will you? Will he be ready? Right. Yeah. Will he even be ready for that? So um, gun to my head, I would say McDaniel, Burnett, Yusef, Kamwa, Reed. Uh, would be where I would go with that right now. So, okay. I have the same four as you guys. I would, I would plug in Trey Jackson at the three. Oh. And I think we forget too, that, that Terrence Williams played the three to start his career, his first couple seasons. He could do that. Um, so you do have some options. I, I do think you need either a wing. I mean, Antonio Reeves would be, I think a great pickup for the, what this team needs, because then, you know, you're really thin in the backcourt, but if you can allow Namari Burnett to stay in the backcourt by getting another wing, then I think that, fills that you know problem too so it's going to be interesting to see what they do will antonio reeves even graduate and enter the transfer portal uh i do love how there's this much talk surrounding him and rightfully so it's people you know started with people from kentucky but uh going to be interesting to see what happens let's finish off very quickly with some football talk ab you had a great article uh, i believe yesterday but at some point this week talking about the best case scenario for michigan this fall the worst case scenario for Michigan this fall uh, on the football side of things. Uh, so we can let you start, but uh, let's start with the best case. Um, I, I think we're all going to have a similar answer to this one, but where do you see um, the best case scenario for Michigan being? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's an important distinction here. Best. Is it best cases in this is what we're all rooting for or best case in terms of what I think the team's capable of. And that's the way I chose to frame this. Yeah. Uh, the best case, I think, is that they can win them all and win this national title this year. I think that the sky's the limit. I think that you you go back and you look at all the guys that just that decided to return. Um, you add that, or add the transfers into the mix, add in some young up and comers, some new blood into the mix, new blood on the coaching staff. You know, Georgia is is rightfully probably the favorite to win it, just just given what they've done the last few years, and, and they keep they've kind of supplanted Alabama in terms of the, the football factory, so to speak, though I think Bama will, will remain in the mix, but we've talked about this before. Michigan just has less questions 
than a lot of those teams, uh, you know, around them in the Vegas odds, in the computer rankings. I, I don't care what the computers say. Last two years, the computers have given Michigan like a 20% chance to beat Ohio State. And, you know, given the way that both of those games went, I think you could make the argument that maybe the computers should have had it flipped. So uh, for me, best case scenario, this is a team that can do everything that it uh, it says it can. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you'll care more about the, uh, the what the computers think when they are we're subservient to them here in about a hundred years when AI takes over. So, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but I will say that, uh, yeah, best case, that's you know what, ditto is all I can say. You know, there's no question that this this team can win every game on the schedule, uh, assuming everybody stays healthy. Say JJ McCarthy were to go down, you know, that would be horrible, and then you're adjusting your your basically your projections i still think they could win most games on the schedule depending on how the backup quarterback plays if you've got you know with the running backs they have and everything else but uh, he is by far the most important player to stay healthy this year i don't think there's any question about it so but they won't be tested until what week six i think you know they go to I think nebraska in week five and you know maybe you know if, if nebraska plays above its head we know that's a tough place to play minnesota i think could be a tricky one but um, you know what? I think the worst case scenario, uh, I'll bring that up right now, guys, is, uh, you know, maybe you get banged up or something like that. Maybe you lose to Penn State and then you lose to Ohio State and you don't even make the Big Ten championship game, you know. So I, I think that's certainly a possibility. People, you know, will say, oh, there's no way that can happen. Well, sure it can. Those are talented football teams. You play one on the road in an extremely tough environment and Ohio State's going to be out for blood. So and that's a talented football team. So. Do I expect it? No. If we do the gun to my head thing again, I'd say Michigan's going to be your big 10 champion. So at the same time, I think that's the worst case scenario. I don't see them losing any of the other games on the schedule unless uh, somebody sneaks up on them or, you know, maybe eight, eight reviews go against them at, at Minnesota or something like that. And there are some questions. That would never happen. That would never happen. Never happen. Not once. Yeah. 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 The gun to your head thing, head thing is going to become a new segment, I think, but there you have um, it. I'm going to go best case. They're lifting that trophy January 8th, 2024 in Houston at NRG Stadium. Uh, and I think that could happen for this Michigan team. I don't think that's a huge bombshell or anything. I, I'm in AB. You had, I'll, I'll spoil it, I guess, nine and three as the worst worst case. I'm maybe a little bit more of like, hey, anything can happen. I mean, I got like seven and five is my worst case. I mean, you could have some injuries. You you drop one, you shouldn't. This We're talking worst case here. Right. Um, you, know, you drop one, you shouldn't. You know, I'm thinking, you know, doubts start to creep in like 2007 season. You know, they turned things around, but it was too little too late to really salvage a special season. Um, that Nebraska-Minnesota stretch, maybe you drop one. You lose at Michigan State. Maryland, you know, is, is a tough one. Penn State, Ohio State, we know are going to be challenging. So that's my worst case. I don't think that'll happen or anything close to it. I think Michigan will win 10-plus games, uh, and I would I would even hit the over on the 10.5, which Vegas has it at. But um, am I crazy for thinking they could lose five games somehow? No, you're not. If we look at 2005, like you said, you know, go back to then, 2005 even, you know, when Mike Hart got hurt and then, you know, everybody else got hurt and Jake Long got hurt and uh, it's pretty tough. Brown. Yeah, Carlos Brown. So, but um, you know what? Yeah, I mean, that it would take uh, it'd take a lot to, to get there, I think. But I agree. Uh, certainly. Uh, you know, not out of the realm of possibility. And, and of course, we hope to God that doesn't happen. That means that something happened to J.J. or something probably happened to Blake Corum, too. So, um, yeah, let's not even talk like that. 
Well, for the purposes of the exercise, I mean, I'll just say, I'll say that I said nine and three is the worst case simply because like, I think it's the most, the most realistic quote unquote mm -hmm. worst case scenario. Um, obviously I, even, you know, you think back to 2007, they go eight and four that year or nine and four, you know, including the bowl win. You just, you just never know what can happen. Um, I feel like this team is too, I think the player leadership is too good. I think that the, they are too competently coached uh, to probably be, unless there's a devastating injury to be anything worse than nine and three. Um, I'll move real quick to what I think would be, you know, nine and three would be frustrating because it means, you know, you're probably going to like Orlando or Jacksonville to cover a bowl game that, you know, nobody cares about uh, everyone. You know, the, the, the guys that can would opt out of it. And that would be uh, frustrating. I think the, the most frustrating though would be one of those 10 and two type of seasons where let's just say you lose to Michigan or to, uh, to Penn state, lose to Ohio state. You're sitting at 10 and two, which is like 10 wins by most, you know, by most, uh, metrics would be okay you know you had a pretty good year and it, it could still be a pretty good year because sometimes things just don't go your way you have a couple of those coin flips in there but you know you'd probably still be in a new york new year six bowl but you know nobody wants that and there are the diehards that will will take that and they will travel wherever because it's michigan football i wouldn't be fired up about that i mean this is a college football playoff at least this is at least college football playoff or bust for me so to kind of revert back to uh, to kind of revert back to what those, you know, 2016 through 2018, 2019 was where you win 10 games, but you lose to your two best opponents on the rock or on the schedule. And you kind of just don't have anything to show for a double digit season. That would be to me, the most frustrating, not the worst case scenario, but the most frustrating, especially because, you know, when you talk about worst case, we know that there's probably a bad break that somewhere there's a lot of injuries. You can kind of explain those away, but if this group as constructed went 10 and two, uh, that would be very, very frustrating. It's a good point. And it's on the table. And that's why we were talking about this in our, our chat today. I think there is pressure on this team that they've put on themselves to win because you have the roster, you have the pieces, you have the coaching staff, and you don't know how long that's going to last. I mean, there are going to be a lot of guys that go pro, after this season, uh, you could get some back, but this team as currently constructed, as you said, is really, really high level uh, and maybe as good as it'll get in a long time. Maybe that doesn't mean they finish 12 and 0 again, like they did last season. That's why, you know, the pressure is there to go seize this opportunity when they have it. But uh, that would be frustrating, I think. And even more frustrating probably would be the Gator Bowl scenario you hmm. laid out being out in Jacksonville. I can just picture it's drizzling, raining on, you know, January 1 or whatever. Um, but, yeah, so don't go 7-5. and five, Don't go 8-4 and four at the very least, I would say. Um, anything else on uh, Michigan's best case, worst case, most frustrating case? Let's wrap her up. All right. That is going to be our show for this week. Remember to join us over at thewolverine.com. We got a $1 deal for three months going on right now. Also, a year costs you just $49.99, so that is half off. All of our premium access, get on the message board there with other Michigan fans. Make sure to like this video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel as well. And the last plug, to head to thewolverineondemand.com. Use the promo code SAVE13 to get $13 off of our 160-page Michigan Football Preview Magazine. Pre-order yours right now. It'll show up at your door in July. You're going to want to do it anyway, so save the 13 bucks, and we will see everyone next time.